Hey, you're listening to John Gregory Vincent here with the Surfacing Inclusive Leadership Podcast. This is leadership I learned the hard way during my 14 years on submarines. After a Gallup gig, working for the best human behavioral organization in the world, I was ready to launch my coaching, advising, and training company, The Submarine Way. So hey, let's cast off all lines because we're getting underway, The Submarine Way. Hi, this is John Gregor Vincent, and welcome to Surfacing Inclusive Leadership Podcast. You'll notice uh, from the title, uh, Positive Conflict, a pretty interesting title for a podcast. Positive Conflict, and I'm, I'm quoting here from Amanda Ripley in her book. She doesn't talk about positive conflict. The title of her book is High Conflict. And high conflict occurs, according to Ripley, and we agree, when discord distills into a good versus evil, us versus them just sort of this huge divide that you're either right or you're wrong and there's no middle ground. Positive conflict, by contrast, is useful friction that gets cards on the table. It actually prevents high conflict. So positive conflict is is a good thing. Um, Just saying. So today we're going to talk about the difference between high conflict and positive conflict and some very specific tools you can use, right? We're all about tools and practical application that you can use to absolutely embrace positive conflict, but to avoid high conflict. I'm really, really happy to have with me today um, the president of the Submarine Way, who also happens to be my boss uh, and my life partner and and pal, uh, Deb Fortin. Thanks for coming in today, Deb. Hi, John. Hi, everyone. That's it? Hi, John. Hi, everyone. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's not the only thing I'm going to say in the next 15 minutes. But, well, you know, as you were doing the intro, I was thinking about this. Uh, In our first book, Diversity, Inclusion, The Submarine Way, we talk about uh, and you tell a story of uh, someone we call the soap monster. I think we call him the soap monster in the book anyway. But... um, it's interesting, you know, I was thinking about it, and is that story, and, and maybe you could tell the, the audience about that story, is that high conflict? Um, because it's so it's such a strange story and such a strange way to handle conflict, or is it actually positive conflict because it involves just a short, um, a short period of time and not very many people? So um, I was just thinking about that story. Well, I, I will tell you that uh, it, it probably leans more towards positive conflict um, than high conflict. And, and just using the definition of stopping something before it becomes a real problem or becomes institutionalized, if you will. The worst thing on submarines that you can possibly have is a thief. There's just nothing worse than a thief on submarines. It undermines trust. You start looking at people differently. And it's already an incredibly massive pressure cooker. Uh, you know, when you think about being locked in a tube for 30, 60, 80, 90 days with, you know, a bunch of people, frankly, you don't really like that much. So you cannot in any way, shape or form tolerate um, a theft uh, or a thief, I should say. So uh, the, the story of the soap monster is essentially this this dude had this thing about stealing people's soap, bars of soap. Um, you know, body wash, it, it didn't really matter, but you'd like, you know, drop your stuff off, you're getting ready to, to take a shower, you, you go into the head, you come out, your soap is gone. And this was going on for quite a while. It was, it was actually kind of a problem because remember, you're on a submarine. It's not like you can go to the, you know, Walmart and buy more soap, right? So 
Um, we found out who this person was, and I am not advocating for violence. I am not saying this was our proudest moment, but I can tell you this was used extremely rarely, but it was in a very crude caveman form, positive conflict. Here's why. Uh, we put the, this, this guy got a blanket party. A blanket party is, is essentially when you throw a wool blanket around somebody, and there's a little bit of a smacking around going around. We might get hit with a, uh, um, with a tube sock, for those of you that are old enough to know what those are, that, you know, it doesn't have a roll of quarters in it, but it's got something in it with a little bit of weight, and you get bruised. No broken ribs, no broken teeth, you know, no uh, you know, bed rest or anything like that, but there was physical abuse here. Now, that part is not good, but here's my point. My point is, anybody who was thinking of having sticky fingers would look at that and just as a reinforcement, you don't steal things on a submarine. And for that individual specifically, you don't steal things on submarines. So in a very crude uh, way that should never be used, frankly, anywhere, uh, it, serves as a, it serves as a stark, and I think that's why you wrote it in the book, to have just sort of a slap in the face, pun intended, of how when something is unacceptable in a submarine, you address it immediately and, frankly, harshly. Very rarely physically, well, since but always immediately. He, since he really wasn't hurt, I mean, was the whole point of this sort of a humiliation, you know, humiliation factor. It's sort of like, it's obvious everyone can see what's going on to that individual. Um, then everybody can sort of see the level of humiliation. Is, was that really the point? Yeah, actually, we never thought of the word humiliation. Uh, there were plenty of other ways we humiliated each other. Um, <laughs> true. <laughs> From the stories I've heard, true. <laughs> this is accountability. Yeah. And, and again, not done in any really acceptable way, but back then, you know, you could just go, gee, I really find it, and you know, it's kind of hurting my feelings that you took myself. That didn't work on submarines. You had to be very direct and very harsh. And so I don't think it was humiliation. I think it was reinforcement of accountability. It was reinforcement of what the standards were. And when you exceeded those, when, uh, uh, when you did not meet those standards in these few areas that were critical to trust and to crew, it was gonna be dealt with very harshly. So I don't think it was humiliation. I actually think it was accountability in a very prehistoric way. Yeah, we're, we're kind of a, a, a little ways into this already, but you know, what are, what are some takeaways that you want the audience to have about positive conflict and high conflict? Uh, uh, I, would, I would sum it up this way, Deb. Positive conflict, and this is why it's good. Positive conflict, think about it, in order for you to have conflict, in order for you and I to disagree, in order for me and someone else to disagree, we have to care enough to disagree. And we have to care enough to disagree verbally and not just do the passing. I'm assuming social media doesn't count because it's just such a blind way to go after people. No, yeah, social media is for wimps, right? I mean, if you have a problem with somebody, you get face to face. That, that, that's how it's done. And, and, you know, taking shots at someone on Twitter, no, doesn't, doesn't meet the criteria. That's not positive conflict. I don't even know what it is. It's just, just kind of crap to me. But um, positive conflict is good because in order for to have it, you have to have two people that care enough to say, hey, I don't agree with this. This is why I don't agree with it. And the other person says, you know what? Well, this is why I feel strongly about it. Here's where positive conflict separates from high conflict. You listen to the other person. You're willing to go, Okay, I don't really agree with all of that, but okay, I can kind of see where you're coming from. It's not necessarily compromise, it's just basic human respect that your way, here's a crazy notion, may not be flawless. Maybe there's another way to get to the same outcome. So, so the takeaway is that positive conflict 
used in the proper way actually helps you avoid high conflict. Yes. Positive conflict means that you have dealt with the situation, not only respectfully, not only in a, in a, in a way, the, the uh, example of a blanket party probably doesn't meet the criteria of respectfully. Again, I'm talking real world here, not submarines and the, and the stressors. But it's dealt with, but the key word is immediately. Positive conflict occurs immediately. If positive conflict does not occur immediately, if people do not engage in this dialogue, as soon as they become apparent that there's a disagreement or as soon as they see behavior that's not acceptable, if it's left unchecked, it will always lead to high conflict with people running to their camps, digging in, and problems that are sometimes almost impossible to resolve will occur. So would one of the takeaways also be that if you see yourself getting sucked into a high conflict situation, then f get yourself out of it because it, it actually is very counterproductive to yeah, I mean, I, 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 I suppose, I suppose you could look at it from, you know, the best, the best um, disagreements between people is somebody's the adult. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, in an ideal world, if you see yourself in a high conflict or heading towards a high conflict, you, you withdraw from it. I think probably uh, the more sophisticated, and this is why you're much better off never getting out of positive conflict, because this is tricky stuff. If you're in high conflict, um, that's very difficult to remove yourself without looking like you're acquiescing, without actually affirming to the other person, of course I'm right, they stopped talking, of course I'm right, they left. It almost has a counter effect. So it's just another reason to not let things get out of positive conflict and get into high conflict. You know, as I was reading uh, Ripley's book, and I thought it was really good, and obviously, you know, we, we read a lot about conflict just because it's such an under, it's, it's sort of a theme across everything we do. But I thought about some of our advice to law enforcement about accountability to each other. And, you know, we always talk to them about, you know, tapping a fellow officer or a partner who's not representing the agency well, and that this peer accountability is really a form of positive conflict and it actually is heading off high conflict. And a, a recent example of high conflict, well there's actually several now, but is, you know, the George Floyd case. You know, before the trial, people were heading off to their camps. It was definitely us and them, some for the police, some against the police, and it was like that for months. There was civil unrest in the United States. And then, you know, the courts decided the situation from a legal perspective, but there is still an us versus them about law enforcement and probably about those people who are protesting civilly as well. So uh, it's, it's just interesting to think about the fact that, you know, what we do is to really create a positive conflict situation so that we don't get to high conflict with law enforcement. Yeah, that I, I think George Floyd, and there's many other examples as, as well. I think George Floyd is a perfect example of a situation that that did not start with. I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to go find go find a black guy to kill. That started years ago, years ago, with a bit too aggressive bumping someone's head when they're putting him in the backseat of a police car. This started years ago, and nobody said, "Hey, man, knock that crap off." 
And yes, of course, the other person's going to go, oh, well, excuse me, Mr. Mr. Perfect or Ms. Perfect or whatever. But you know what? Most of the time that tempers it because it lets people know, A, they're being watched, and B, that's not acceptable behavior. When things get to the point that it's on national news and we're killing innocent people, it's not the first incidence. It starts small. Maybe it gets to positive conflict, which is somebody saying, knock this crap off. But if, it, if that doesn't happen, Deb, it just keeps escalating and escalating and escalating and you get to this type of behavior. It is not something that starts on Monday morning of your first day at work. It's something that happens down the road because of what you're either seeing modeled or what you model and it goes unchecked. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I, I also think that we're in a strange third party role because we're doing leadership training for law enforcement. At the same time, we're training them to be accountable to the community and to each other. So it is a, sort of a really different position to be in. I enjoy it, um, and I know that we're making a difference, but it's, it's interesting how um, so much of what we hear about conflict, we can incorporate into what we do with, with law enforcement. Yeah, and you know, when you talk law enforcement, this is fascinating because our company finds itself, you know, almost getting blasted from quote unquote both sides. Um, think of high conflict now, right? We go to our camps. If you don't think like us, you're evil. Period. Doesn't matter if you're on the right or you're on the left. So we always find ourselves in a very interesting position because we are huge supporters of law enforcement without ever, ever excusing. And we're extremely vocal when law enforcement gets out of line. We're extremely vocal about we need to reform police. We need to add social. We need to add psychiatric um, staff to police forces. We're very, very uh, proactive. We don't just sit around and complain about it. We, we're active about that. But because we're such huge advocates for law enforcement, clearly we're right nutties. And then we have a conversation about the over-incarceration, specifically of black males, of people getting sentenced to 10 years for stealing a loaf of bread or smoking a joint. Uh, mostly people of color, by the way. And then, guess what? We're snowflakes, whatever the heck that means. We really confuse the heck out of people because we're in the world of positive conflict. We're in the world of addressing things that make sense and clearly don't fit someplace. But because right now in this world, we don't pick a side, it's very interesting both sides pick at us. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought of another uh, situation that would be considered positive conflict, although very extreme on a submarine, and that's what happens in the bow diesel. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Yeah, the, the, the bow diesel is uh, an interesting place. Um, I, I'm making it sound like um, basically the worldwide wrestling federation is, uh, is a submarine <laughs> for. So <laughs> I will tell you bow diesels happen a heck of a lot more than a blanket party. Here, here's what bow, bow diesel is. It, there literally is a bow diesel on certain types of submarines. Who cares? Going down a rabbit hole. But it's actually a metaphor. It's when you have a problem with someone, you solve it immediately. You don't fester. You don't complain under your breath. You don't smile at the person and say everything's okay and then run to your supervisor and say everything's not okay. You deal with it and you deal with it directly. I, I learned very early on, I probably was underway my first, I, it was my first underway. And maybe it was 30 days in depth. And I was, you know, I'd been a navigator previously um, in the Merchant Marines and I knew everything about navigation. I didn't know anything about sub-navigation. And, um, <laughs> Cowboy, uh, I won't use his real name, it's in the book under, a, under an alias, but we'll just call him Cowboy, uh, was my boss. And he was continuously getting tired of me sort of doing things my way and not by the procedures and not by the way he taught me. 
And uh, one day he came up and he wasn't happy. He had had enough of this stuff. And I said, I made a mistake. Um, uh, in in the Navy, chief petty officers wear anchors uh, on their on their collars of um, of their poofy suit or their jumpsuit. And I told him, you wouldn't be talking this way to me. I actually said you wouldn't be talking crap to me if you didn't have those anchors. The next thing I know, I'm transported to the virtual bow diesel. It was actually a different space. And all I remember is I remember the clinking, clinking, clinking in the outboard of a submarine, because submarines are made of steel, right? He had grabbed those anchors, torn them off, they were metal, torn them off and thrown them over his shoulders, and just they just went flying, and I don't know, they disappeared into the ether of the dark of a submarine bilge, and he looked at me and he said, I'm not wearing them now, and he had veins coming out of his neck, and he was ready to beat the poo out of me. And I learned in that moment, I should do what he tells me to do. Again, a harsh example, no blows were exchanged. Actually, very little profanity was exchanged. He was just letting me know, I'm tired of asking and now I'm telling. It actually was positive conflict because if that had gone unchecked, who knows where I would have gone with my behavior? Who knows what danger I could have put the submarine in? So the cowboy, in his own Oklahoma way, let me know that wasn't acceptable. Interesting. <laughs> Again, we don't advocate for that kind of conflict, but you know, healthy conflict where you're laying your cards on the table, you're talking to each other about the situation, and you're trying to find areas of agreement, areas of compromise, really heads off what we see so often today in society, I mean, across the world, um, and that's high conflict. So, and it's all about that. It's all about addressing the issues before they become big, and they can't be addressed. Yeah. So to, to sum up, we told you in the beginning, we were going to tell you the difference between positive conflict and high conflict, and then going to be some specific tools. So here's the summary. Positive conflict's a good thing. Get that in your head. Conflict avoidance is a, whoop, almost a really bad word there, is, is a train wreck. You have to have conflict, and positive conflict is a good thing. So when you have positive conflict, that means you're immediately addressing it, you're working it out, it's professional, it's private, usually if it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation, it's the best way to deliver this, but you're heading off that conflict before it builds, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds, and it gets to high conflict. High conflict is where there's really no way to negotiate anymore. There's really no way to find middle ground. There's really no way. You're either right or you're wrong. You're either good or you're evil. So you have to get involved early. I know conflict is not an interesting thing that you know most people really want to do. I know it's very uncomfortable, but it's nowhere near as uncomfortable as being in a culture and an environment that has high conflict going on all over the place. Would you kind of agree with that? Totally agree. Totally <laughs> hey, agree. we'd like to thank you for tuning in to, uh, to this week's um, podcast. Uh, catch us every Monday morning. Have a couple of cups of coffee with us. Uh, we're out here every Monday morning with uh, Surfacing Inclusive Leadership. I'm John Vincent, uh, joined I'm by Deb, Deb Fortin. And uh, if you want to know more about who we are and what we do, real easy to find, thesubmarineway.com. Thanks so much for listening. Have yourself a wonderful day. Absolutely.